0: And so we are talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, the third person of the Trinity. And I last week, let me just recap, I told us 10 things from Scripture about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to keep you up here, band, you're doing great. Uh, the first one is He's a person. He's a person. He's, uh, he's everywhere, but He's an individual who loves you and loves me. Uh, the second, He's called the Helper. Uh, which which is like the word for a barrister, someone who'd come alongside and help and be an advocate or a counselor or an intercessor. So that's what Jesus said. Jesus, who was a helper, same word, left and said, I'm going to send you the helper. He's going to help you. Third thing is He's always, He's with everybody. Whether you're a Christian or not, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's around you and He wants to draw you to God. He's the one who connects uh, those who aren't yet connected with God. He sets up circumstances. He moves on hearts. He moves on minds. It's the Spirit of God. He draws us to God. The fourth thing is it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the new birth. He's the one who makes us born again. And the fifth thing is then He comes and He lives in us. The Spirit of God lives. In, when you're a Christian, he li- the Bible says that He dwells in your heart. He dwells in your heart. That's the place the Holy Spirit. He's enthroned in your heart. And He, as one with Jesus and the Father who make their home in us, it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it's been said like this, that the Holy Spirit lives in you for you. He lives in you for you, all right? But then He comes upon us for others. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, The seventh, so that was the sixth, He comes upon us for others. Number seven, He wants to fellowship with us. The Spirit of God, He wants communion with you and I. He wants a friendship. He wants a relationship. He wants us to talk to Him and uh, He talks back to us. It's the Holy Spirit who will put a, a stillness in your soul. If you're like, oh, my life's a bit chaotic and a little bit crazy, can I encourage you uh, in, to, to have, a, have a prayer life? Not just an ongoing conversation throughout the day. That's awesome. But I find if I have a dedicated time with God, it flows into my day. And I would suggest that a third, just, just, this is my rough rule that I'm, I'm using at the moment, a third of my prayer life is just waiting on God, worshiping and communing with the Holy Spirit. And the peace of God, because the Holy Spirit, He's the Spirit of love and peace, is produced in your life. So if you're struggling with stress, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off the distractions, and put some worship music on that moves you and just wait in God. It might take you 10 minutes or 20 minutes, but a peace will come over you as you soak with God. He wants fellowship with us. God will transform you and I from the inside out by His Spirit, if we make room for Him. He's the transformer. He's the one who changes us. And then there's three, three names that we talked about. There's all sorts of names of the Holy Spirit. Just as there's Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, the Holy Spirit has uh, descriptive names. He's the Spirit of holiness. He's the one who produces uh, sanctification, holiness in our life. He's the Spirit of truth. He brings us to Jesus and the Word of God. He is the Spirit of wisdom, and revelation. If you need wisdom, then the Holy Spirit, He'll give it to you. He won't withhold it from you. He'll give it to you. This is the Holy Spirit. He's, he's my friend. He's your friend. He wants to be our friend and to work with us. Which brings us to Acts chapter 2. This is what we're going to look at today. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. And I'm going to talk to our brilliant IT people. We're going to keep coming back to the Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. I might not have said that in my notes, but we're going to keep revisiting this Scripture. It's the Scripture of the day. It says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there was a sound, or there came a sound from heaven, as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right. This is uh, four great—so I just want you to stand up. I, I, we're going to just change gears because we're—I feel like we've got the nice, calm, sleepy vibes going, and that's awesome, but we're going to go more of the prophetic, God-might-be-going-to-turn-up-and-do-something vibe, all right? Just just as we talk. Thank you. Who loves our band? They're amazing, aren't they? Love you guys. Uh, Pentecost is about fire. It's about God coming upon us. So— uh, I, I've heard it said like that, and I love it. When the Holy Spirit, when we have communion with Him, He stills our soul. That's what an ongoing fellowship with the Holy Spirit does. He brings peace and He stills our soul. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, He stirs your soul. That's the, that's, and it's not one or the other. When the Holy Spirit's in you, He produces fruit in you. He changes your character. He works on us, and who needs some work? All right, who's standing beside someone who needs No, just kidding. So it never stops. It never stops God working in us, transforming us, changing us. But He doesn't just come in us to change us. He comes upon us for power. He comes upon us for, for others. There's a grace that God wants to put on your life. So it's not a matter of, oh, no, I'm not one of the stirred up ones. I'm just a person becoming more holy like Jesus. No, Jesus had the Holy Spirit upon him, and there were moments when he would be stirred up, and he would, he would drive out demons, and he would drive out things out of church that were religious. He, would, he was known for being stirred up and confrontational at the same time as being quiet and reflective. It's not a matter of either or, it's and also. So we have communion with the Holy Spirit, but we're also, we're a church who believes in the power of God. So we stir ourselves up. So that's the promise of God. So uh, let me talk to you if it's your first time or you're new uh, to your faith and you're you're coming along. We're going to do a little bit of speaking in tongues today. Okay, I'm going to explain it a little bit. I understand that it's a little bit weird, but how many people know that you don't have to understand something for it to be powerful, okay? There's some power things that are in the Bible that I still don't understand. But tongues is one I really understand. And if I could, if I could send every person out of here today and everybody watching online with a gift of tongues being and be filled with the Holy Spirit that would change every day of your life, because you're not just carrying the peace of God, you're carrying the power of God. That's my goal. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your family. It'll change your witness. It'll change your neighbors it'll change your finances it'll change your business I want to get power on you that's that's what the day of Pentecost was about Jesus said this so the first thing we read if we go back to Acts chapter 2 is when the day of Pentecost had fully come the day of Pentecost so this this tells me that it was an appointed day it was a day I'm just yeah you're going to be up and down a bit today just because I want to keep you awake And I want you activating your spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, that means that God had circled this day on the calendar hundreds of years earlier. Hundreds of, in fact, 800 years earlier. I mean, there's there's literally, uh, there's literally hundreds of prophecies about the coming of Jesus, the Messiah that were fulfilled about his birth, where he'd be born, how he'd be born, his lineage, his family, the way that he'd live, the, the way that he'd minister, there's, uh, the way that he'd die, the way that he'd be risen from the dead. And there's also prophecies, Eight hundred just one of them, 800 years earlier, Joel said this, it shall come to pass afterward, this is after Jesus, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, not just the prophets, not just the holy one or two a generation, but your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, come on, those over 53, shall dream dreams. Your young men, 52 and under, shall see visions. It changes every year. Funny that. Your young men will see visions. And also my men's servants, my maid servants. I will pour out my, the men, the women, the old, the young, every generation. I will pour out my spirit. That's the prophecy 800 years earlier. 700 years earlier Isaiah sees in the Holy Ghost into the future and he says I will pour water on him who is thirsty floods on the dry ground I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring it's prophetically declared this is the day of Pentecost that had fully come it's prophesied so then when Jesus comes and gets baptized John the Baptist he prophesies he says in uh, it's captured in Matthew 3 I baptize." you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. Fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. That's what's going to happen. Then Jesus himself, he said, it's coming. He said, there's a day coming. There's an era coming, not just a day. There's, there's generations coming when the day fully comes, the day of Pentecost, I'll pour out. And Jesus said, behold, I, I will send the promise of my Father. That's what it's called in the Old Testament upon you. But he said, tarry. I love the word tarry. It's a good old Pentecostal. We've got, we got any old Pentecostals in the room? I'm an old Pentecostal, 50 years in the, in the, the, the Pentecostal uh, privilege, if you like. But tarry, wait. Wait with expectation. Wait. Just don't just sit around and go, it'll happen when it happens. Wait like it's an aggressive kind of waiting. It's a passionate kind of waiting. Tarry, tarry until you receive power. Where does it say? But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Okay. So we know that when you get born again, Jesus comes and lives inside you by His Holy Spirit in your heart. But there's a different experience. And He said, I'll go and I want you to tarry. So I'm going to go and you wait and the Spirit of God will come and He won't come inside you. He's already inside you. He'll clothe you. He'll clothe you with power. It will be tangible. You'll be endued with power. Jesus, the Spirit of God, when He got baptized, came upon Him. He He already had the Holy Spirit. He was already saved the Spirit of God came upon him in his baptism. And from that moment forward, he moved in the power of God and miracles were his norm. He had the Holy Spirit to keep him pure until he was 30. He had the Holy Spirit on the inside that gave him favor with men and with man. But when his time for ministry came, when his time for impact came, the Spirit of God descended upon him. His first preach in Nazareth was this, "The spirit of the living God is upon me, because why he has anointed me." There's a purpose to this. There's a purpose, and the purpose was power when the day of Pentecost had fully come. This day circled on uh, on the on the calendar of Christianity was like this. Jesus when he went up to heaven, he said, "Go and wait until you receive power." Now, they were already pretty pumped because they'd seen the resurrected Jesus. He'd restored them. Bible says that they were in and out of the temple. They were in and out of the temple, worshiping continuously, Luke 24. But Jesus said, don't go and preach to the world yet. He said, you don't have what it takes yet. You've got the message. You've got the authority. You've got the gospel. But you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to wait. And so this is what happened. They went back to the upper room in Jerusalem, where they'd had the Last Supper most likely, that's where they went with Jesus, 120 of them, and they waited and they prayed and they would walk a short distance from the upper room down to the temple. Of Daniel and I have been there. We've done the walk from the upper room down to around where the temple was or where the temple mount is. And they would walk that distance because at nine o'clock every morning was the time of prayer. And they would go and they would pray and they'd go back and they'd sit around and they'd wait and they'd worship and they'd sing and they'd go to the temple and they'd worship and praise and give glory. They'd go back to their upper room, and there was an expectation. They didn't know what. They didn't know when. They didn't know how. They had no idea what it would look like. They were just waiting to be clothed with power. How cool is it? They're just waiting. And then here it comes. Power to be a witness on one accord in one place. Oh, I love it. Kubalata. What are you praying the Spirit with me right now? If you do, wait and you will receive power. You will receive power. Holy Ghost, You'll receive power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is what it says. Jesus said you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. So there's a power for the witnesses. I, I just I, Before we move any further, I want to pray for those of you with the gift of evangelism. Uh, you've just you've got a gift, a stirring in you. You find it easy to talk to people about your faith. Uh, you, you feel quite consistently stir- If you've got the gift of evangelism, half the time you'll go, why are we just playing games at church? Why aren't we out there winning the whole world, all right? There'll be a holy dissatisfaction if you've got the gift of evangelism. Now you've got to manage that and you've got to be planted in the house of God because that's where you'll flourish and that's where disciples will be made. But that edginess that you feel on the inside is the burden of God to not play church, but to fish for men. How many people would say, I think I've got the gift of evangelism. Give me a wave. I want you to come down the front right now. Uh, we're going to pray for you for power to get on that gift. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. Uh, what the, my song of choice has probably set a fire, I reckon. That would be the one. All right. Hein, just come on up. We'll start with you. Come on up here. Lift your hands to God. The power of God. The power of God. Receive the power of God receive the power of god holy ghost holy ghost come upon him come upon him fill him with power Clothe him with power fill him with power fill him with power let the burden of god rest upon him let the fire of god be in his soul max with the gospel max the power of God, marks by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now, the burden of heaven, the unction of God, let it come, let it come. Every person here, every evangelist, every evangelist, release power, release power, release power, release power, rambaresa, release, release power, release power, release power, God. Release power right now. Release the power of God right now, Rosekia, Loshaka, Roshaka. Holy boldness, fresh fire, Roshamba. Release the power of God, release the power of God. Rosamresha. Resha, yes, 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 yes. Power, power of the Holy Ghost, power, power of the Holy Ghost, power from the Holy Ghost. Release the power of God, release the power of God. Release the power of God. Release the power of God. Father, power, power, power in the name of Jesus. Release power, release power, power, power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. Fire, fire, fire. The power of the Holy Ghost. The Amre. Fire from God. Fire from God. Power from God fire, power, fire. Loose the power of God right now. I release, I release, I release the power. Rosalesho, come forward and have a God right now. Power, loose the power. I release the power of God. Rosa release the power of God right now. Loose the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of God to be my witness. Father right now, power, power, power of God. Come on, we want more of you, God. Amen, amen. You can grab your seat for a moment. hows to be a witness. Now, not just for the evangelists. Paul says, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. So I'm not an evangelist, but I'm called to be a soul winner. If you're not an evangelist, you're called to be a soul winner. But if you are, just quick little plug, Teresa, the GO team, you lead the, stay standing, Teresa leads the GO team, uh, which is those who have got the gifting of evangelism. And once a month after revival prayer on the The first Tuesday of June after revival prayer, you guys go into the MPZ and sharpen each other up. Pray for fire, fantastic. So uh, just see Teresa, there's a whole group and comms and all stuff. We wanna help you in that gift. So the promise was power. The promise of the Spirit was power, that He would come upon you and me for power. He would be in me, but He would come upon me. I love this. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2, right at the start, our, our scripture that we're looking at. If you can put it up on screen for me again. Verse 1. Here we go. Go back to verse 1 if we can. All right. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were, uh, another version says they were all in one accord, not a Honda, wasn't that big. Shut up, I come and jump in my Honda car. Okay, sorry, just. No, just kidding. They were all in one accord, in one place. There is something that attracts God when we get together in unity. There's a, there's a power when there's unity and gathering that sets us up for a move of God. That's why I'm so looking forward to Powerhouse Conference at the end of July. Just those mountaintop experiences. We get in one place, in one accord, and we're hungry for God. We're waiting with expectation, and that's when God moves. When we gather on Tuesday night for Dream Team United, we're praying, we're waiting, we're expectant, we're, we're looking for God to move something powerful about being in one accord in one place. Acts chapter 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There came, now okay, that doesn't mean that there was a wind. There was the sound of a wind. So this is significant because spirit literally means breath. That's what, spirit, pneuma, breath. So when when right at the beginning when God created Adam and Eve and he formed Adam out of the dust and then the Bible says he breathed in his nostrils and it was the spirit of God that he breathed into his nostrils he gave him life not like the animals God didn't breathe in the nostrils of the animals that would be disgusting but he breathed in our nostrils it was intimate And we were created in the image of God with the divine spark at the beginning, but then when they turned away from God, that died. So this is what happens. The Spirit, who's the breath, when you get born again and get right with God, the same thing happens. The Holy Spirit comes and breathes into your spirit and brings you alive, and now He dwells in you. And so that's you're born again, but there's another experience and experiences beyond being born again, and it's to be receive the fullness of the spirit and so of course the way he comes he's a sound of a rushing wind that's because the breath of heaven's coming to earth that's because the breath of heaven's not coming just to fill individual hearts but to breathe the wind of God comes it's a sound it's like a cyclone in this house there's a cyclone and it's God coming. Not, I don't know if it doesn't tell us that there was wind physically, but it was the sound because God's coming in the room. He's coming in the room. Jesus said it about, about, John, uh, when, about being uh, baptized, no, about being born again. He said it's the Holy Spirit. You can't tell. You can see He's like the wind. You can see where the wind's been, but you can't see what the wind is. That's the Holy Ghost, the breath of God. When someone gets filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. Not just someone falling over under God's power, but something about them changes because they have the breath of God on the inside of them. It's the wind of God. Verse 3, Acts chapter 2, then there appeared to them uh, the divided tongues or cloven tongues or uh, split tongues like tongues of of fire and those tongues that appeared came and sat on everybody's head fire he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire when the fire of God gets on you you, you, you don't have to wonder, have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You've got a fire. It's a, it's a combustion on the inside of you that comes from the Holy Ghost. Uh, very soon we're going to open up the altar and if you feel like the fire has kind of got lower in your life, your passion for God, your passion for His presence, your passion for His Word, your passion to tell your friends about Jesus, then you need to get fresh fire on the inside. We all do regularly. Tongues of fire. Tongues. Now, some Christians want to dumb this down to a once-off multilingual experience because all of the Jews were there from all around the world and so and they were all different languages and they, they were there because of the the, the Pentecost uh, feast the beginning of a feast Pentecost literally Penti 5 Pentecost is 50 days after Passover so it was an actual Jewish celebration God planned to birth the church on this day because from all around the world, all His people, God-seekers, would be in Jerusalem. They'd be about uh, three times the normal size of Jerusalem in this place. And so they're there, and in that moment, He's re- they're ready to celebrate the, be- the, the coming of the law on Mount Sinai. That's one of the re- things they're celebrating. And the beginning of the harvest— Pentecost is about the beginning of a harvest, a harvest of lost people, a, a, a harvest of people who are separated from God. Pentecost is not just about church having a quiver and in our liver and getting excited and having great meetings. That's awesome. But it's so that we get power for witness for a harvest. That's the, that's the ultimate goal. Fired up Christians, bold and sharing their faith, and uh, so he comes and, and, and there, is, uh, there is the outburst of tongues. And a lot of the guys, so this is what happens. Uh, this is how I read it. They're in the upper room. This experience happens early in the morning. It's hectic. I think the whole of Jerusalem probably hears like the turbo jet sound taking off. That's, I can't even do it. Just like everyone hears it. Then these guys go psycho. Like psycho, it's like your average Sunday night here at church. These guys are on fire, and I, this is what I'm taking it. So nine o'clock comes, and it's the hour of prayer. So these hundred and twenty guys, filled and men and women, filled with the Holy Ghost, like, let's go to the prayer meeting. And they wander down. This is how I'm, they wander down the streets to the to where it, the prayer meeting is happening in the outer courts of the temple, in the courts of the Gentiles, where Jesus had driven all the the money lenders out. I reckon Jesus knew what was coming; that there would be a day of Pentecost coming, and they'd all be in the courts. He says, "Get out of here! This is a place of prayer. This is a house of prayer. Clear the decks because the day is coming when the power of God will pour out." And so they come. Come down for the prayer meeting. <laughs> Come on, they're getting called drunk. You guys are drunk at the prayer meeting. You're drunk. You guys No, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. I know that hasn't stopped some of you before. Just to, let's just be really clear about that. But that's why we're connecting with Jesus. That's why we have red frogs. Come on, somebody. And he begins to preach. Peter stands up. Peter who denied Jesus. Peter who'd swore about Jesus. Peter who'd run away. Peter who'd gone back fishing even when he knew Jesus came alive. Peter who'd been restored. Peter who'd received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on him. The breath of heaven. He'd received the Holy Spirit. But now... He's received power, and He's changed, and He's bold. And instead of fearing that He's going to be crucified or thrown in prison or whatever crazy is going on, now He's preaching, you crucified the Son of God. The unction of heaven has come upon Him. He's a different person because He's got power. They're speaking in tongues. They're speaking in all sorts of multilingual languages, proclaiming the works of God. So people are going, whoa, I'm Italian. And they're speaking, you know, I'm just, this is like the modern day version. They're, they're speaking the goodness of God in my, my own language, multiple languages. That's one type of tongue. But this gift of tongues that comes, it's a, it's a sign of Pentecost. Wherever the Holy Spirit falls on people in the future, they speak in tongues, but it's not to all the nations. So it's like there's three types of tongues. You've got to know this. One type of tongues is the tongues of men. It's the languages that, were, that they spoke in on the day of Pentecost. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, "Though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. So there's three types. Men, so that's languages that somebody understands that you don't understand because supernaturally you can speak it. And it still happens today. All around the world, that still happens. That gift of God as the gospel's being proclaimed around the world. The second is the, the tongues of angels. Angels are messengers. That's a messenger tongue that, you pre, that comes on a person and the Spirit overcomes them and they dec- it's like a prophecy in the Spirit. And the Bible says when that happens, that one needs to be Interpreted. And then the third type of tongues is your personal tongue. It's your your heavenly language. Bible says he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. That means I'm not speaking Italian because and I don't speak it to somebody else. No, I'm edifying myself. That means I don't that doesn't need an interpretation. Bible says he who speaks in tongues doesn't speak to man, well he would if it was bilingual. So it's not that doesn't speak to man he speaks to God it's a heavenly prayer language that God gives to everybody now if somebody's ever told you I just got to clear this up if somebody's ever told you that the the baptism of the Holy Spirit and and tongues tongues is one of the nine gifts and you get just the one and maybe you got prophecy but you didn't get tongues that's a lie Why would God say he who speaks in tongues edifies himself and go, not you, not you, not you, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Number nine, you're the lucky guy who gets tongues and you get to build yourself up. That makes no sense at all. God gives us the personal language of tongues so we can all charge our spiritual battery. Listen to last Sunday night if you want to know more about that. So the gift of tongues often our head gets in the road because of wrong theology and then we can't receive and we get locked up and we don't get a flow. You can, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not, get, and not speak in tongues. I'm not saying it's God's will, but you can. You can just be locked up and not cooperate with the Holy Spirit, but you've received. The emphasis of Pentecost is this. It's not that you'll get tongues. It's like the awesome bonus part. The emphasis of Pentecost is that you'll get filled you'll be filled with the holy spirit and then tongues will be the overflow of you and me being filled are you with me today be filled i want i just want to tell you one story about tongues that 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 little youtube from dr cho he tells a story about why tongues are so important this is just one reason tongues are so important you can pray for something you don't even know. When you don't know what to pray, you can pray in the Spirit. He he talks about Dr. Kim, who's one of his businessmen and elders. I've had dinner with Dr. Kim. He He was a legend. He talks about one day, it was the last day of the year, he had to get all of, uh, he had a very successful business in California, uh, Silicon Valley. He was like a, one, of, one of those guys, multi-millionaire, took a whole lot of money out early on to pay all his staff, hundreds and hundreds of staff. He took the cash home, put it in his safe. A burglar a burg- came in and stole the money. And he, he said, I'm finished. I'm done. That's all my money because I was paying people out, hundreds and hundreds of people. He comes and sees, He's an elder in the church. He comes to see Dr. Cho. He says, my faith is broken. I'm broken. We're done. I, I, I can't keep going with this. Dr. Cho says, well, you know what? Uh, we need to pray. We don't know how to pray. So God's given us a heavenly language to pray in tongues. So I'm going to pray in tongues with you. And then you're going to go to prayer mountain and pray all day in tongues because you don't know what to pray. So they began, they began to pray in tongues. And away he goes to prayer mountain. Rosh prays in tongues. Uh, You know, starting out, not knowing what to pray. I don't know what you're going to do, God. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. And he prays and he prays and he prays. And eventually that night, his wife gets a phone call from an unregistered number. And this guy rings up and said, is that Mrs. Kim? And and she says, yes. And he, he said, it's the burglar. And she says, what? She says, I'm the burglar. I need to meet your husband. I I regularly rob people and I get a whole lot of joy out of it. Have lots of fun. But your money is sitting on the table in the hotel room. And every time I go to touch it, I feel like I'm about to die. He said, fear, it's like it's spiritual. And I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack if I touch it. He said, I've never had anything happen like this before. I need to get the money back to you. So they meet him at church. He brings the money back, tells this story about the fear of God being on him. He can't touch the money. Remember, all Dr. Kim has done is prayed in tongues all day. When you pray in tongues, you're speaking mysteries in the spirit realm and the Holy Spirit partners with you with groanings that cannot be understood, the Bible says, according to the will of God. The guy comes to church, gives him the money back, gets led to Christ, gets born again. That's why the Holy Spirit, one of the reasons He comes, to give you the gift of tongues. He wants to fill you, oh, so many things. He wants to give you boldness. Let's stand to our feet right now. Oh, no wonder the devil attacks tongues. It's one of the most powerful things that God gives you as a tool. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, oh, I could keep going all day about this. He he gives you the gifts of the Spirit. And they're like a tool belt with nine different gifts that you can walk into any situation. And that's why the Bible says, earnestly desire that you might have these gifts to build other people up, to strengthen them. The gifts aren't for you. Remember, the Holy Spirit comes upon me for others. The gifts are for people in your connect group to be strengthened as you prophesy over them. The gifts are for people in your family to be healed when you pray for them. The gifts are for people who don't know Jesus to be brought closer. That's why we need the gifts. The Holy Spirit's in you for you, but He comes upon us for others. So this is what we're gonna do in just a moment. I'm going to, We're gonna open up this altar call and we're gonna pray for people. So this is what we're gonna do. I said it's like a morning of power, not a night of power, which means we'll go a little bit longer than normal. But this is what we're gonna do. If Number one, three types of people. Number one, if you've never actually been immersed in the Holy Spirit, like filled. So He lives in your heart, you just haven't been filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then got the gift of tongues, then in a moment I want you to come out and we're going to pray for you for the Spirit of God to fill you and to come upon you. That's number one. Number two, maybe you've had an experience with God and, and there's been a sense for you that, yeah, God filled you and it was at a particular moment, uh, but you you just haven't been speaking in tongues regularly. You've almost lost it and you need a fresh touch of God to reboot you speaking in tongues on a daily basis. If that's you, I want you to come out the front. Uh, You might have just put your hand up to give your life to Christ. You can come out and receive the Holy Spirit same day, like same day. No, there's no delay sort of contract in heaven. It can be the same day. The last thing is this. I want you to know this because two chapters later in Acts chapter 4, they had a prayer meeting again, And they cried out to God for boldness and for healing. And the Bible says when they had the prayer meeting, the whole place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They'd already been filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two. So why does it tell me in Acts chapter four that they got filled with the Holy Spirit? Why does Paul write and say, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit because being filled is not a one-off occasion. It's not the baptism in the Holy Spirit that you had in 1983, somebody. It's not that once-off moment. It's an ongoing filling. So the third kind of person is like, okay, I need to be refilled today because I know... I need that fire and that boldness. If you're any of those three, as we begin to sing, come on down the front right now. We're going to pray for the power of God to touch you. Come on down the front. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. To be uh, refilled, re-going with tongues again. Or to be refilled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Let's cry out, all of us together. If you got prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, Tongues, is often as an act of faith, might be just one syllable, but you just begin to yata, yata, yata. You just begin to say it bold and it begins to bubble up on the inside of you. Come on. Holy Spirit, the power of God all over us in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, give him some praise. Give the Lord some praise. We love you. We bless you. We welcome you. Your awesome Holy Spirit. Amen. You can grab your seats. God bless you. If you're hungry, come back for more tonight.